Welcome, everyone. So good to have all of you at all of our churches this morning, Blustown, Chipley, and Mariana. Now, in June of last year, John Eldridge, he introduced an idea in his new book, Resilient, that I think is really worth sharing with you, even at the risk of offending you. So at the risk of offending all of you at the beginning of the year, I want to start this series of conversations by suggesting that we may have more in common with camels than what we think. Some of you might even look, no, I'm just teasing. Not, not their looks. You're all better looking than that. You're so much better looking than that. No, camels are known for their extraordinary strength, stamina, and resilience. I mean, think about it. They can carry heavy loads across scorching deserts for hundreds of miles and go weeks without water. But their strength and their stamina and their resilience is also their Achilles heel. See, a camel can walk thousands of miles with seemingly endurance, and then suddenly, without warning, it will collapse and it will die because it has no way to tell when its reserves are depleted. Now, here's how we're similar. We get so caught up so many times in the madness of modern life that we don't realize when our reserves are depleted either, do we? In fact, John Eldridge writes it this way. He says, human souls have an Achilles heel too. We have an astonishing capacity to rally in the face of calamity and duress. We rally and rally, and then one day we discover there's nothing less. Our souls simply say, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. As we collapse into the discouragement, depression, or just blankness of soul, you don't want to push your soul to that point. But everything about the hour we're living in is pushing our souls to that very point. See, the truth is, the past few years have tested all of us. The past few years have pushed all of our souls to the point of collapse and blankness. I mean, think about this. We endured a hurricane and caused overwhelming stress and hardship for many of us. We endured a health panic, pandemic that created isolation, illness, and fear that is beyond fear that we've ever experienced in our culture before. We faced an economic challenge that from the COVID shutdowns to supply change issues, some of you still have toilet paper that you hoarded up from back then, right? To massive inflation and recession. At times, we've wrestled with social unrest where we've tried to navigate needed conversations about racism and racial injustice. And let's not forget, we've not just gone through one but two elections filled with political tension beyond tension that we've experienced before in elections. And it's not like any of us entered into these challenges rested and ready to go. No, we were running like hamsters on a wheel before all of this. In fact, I like the way John Eldridge says it in his book. He says this. He says, we entered the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020 worn out by the madness of modern life. And while we all know and feel our souls being pushed to the point of collapse, the truth is, many of us, we just want to get past the trauma. We want to get back to that normal life, whatever normal might be in our minds. And this is why I think all of us could agree, yeah, we, we're ready to take our life back. We're, we're ready to make life good again. So whether you're a Jesus follower with us today or you're not a Jesus follower, we all feel that basic desire, don't we? we? We just wish that life would be good and stay good again. 
Now, for most of us coming out of this past year, 2022, the word that I most often hear people describe about how they're feeling is this word here. I'm just tired. And I think most all of us can relate. We're, we're just tired. We're, we're tired of conflict. We're tired of uncertainty. We're tired of the pressure of modern madness, as John Eldridge says. We're tired of working and feeling no sense of fulfillment in our life. We're tired of facing one challenge after another challenge after another challenge. We're, we're just tired from all the anxiety that we feel and the fear that we had. We're tired of feeling discouraged and depressed. We have felt and we still feel tired. And many of us, we're just confident if we could just fix being tired, it would fix our lives. It would make life good again and, and we could take our life back. So some of us, what we did in, in this season, we decided, well, I'm, I'm going to fix tired by isolating myself. And the mindset behind that is if I pull back and I don't connect with people relationally or re-engage socially, then I can re avoid some of the stress and the drama and maybe get a little bit of rest. Well, you do somewhat protect yourself from health risk, sure, and you protect yourself from some relationship risk. And in a cancel culture, I mean, it can feel like, well, everybody's angry about something, so it can feel like the safest thing to do is not to develop any close friendships or not to really engage in any kind of conversations that could cause drama or get stressful or cause tension. So some of you have taken the path of withdrawal in order to try to fix tired. Let's just watch more Netflix, scroll social media, shop online, isolate yourself. And we think that more isolation, that is the thing that we need to help us rest up, to help us take our lives back. But others of us, we've tried to fix this problem of tired the exact opposite way. We're rushing in and, and we're catching up on everything that we missed out that we think in some way is going to energize us. I mean, we're taking more trips, we're going on more adventures, we're making more memories, we're getting more involved in all kinds of activities. In fact, they have a word for it, a phrase for it, they call it revenge travel. <laughs> we're gonna get revenge on 2020 and we're just gonna engage more. Like we're doing all the things we couldn't do during the pandemic and we're doing more than we ever did before the pandemic. Now, I don't know which approach you've tried to take to fix tired. Whether you have did the withdrawal approach or, man, we're just gonna do more revenge travel. I don't know which one. But the more important question I wanna ask you is this. Has it worked? Is it working? Has it fixed you feeling tired? Has it decreased your anxiety? Has it allowed you to take your life back and deliver that life that is good again back to you? Or is it possible, just consider this this morning, is it possible that you're running the risk of collapsing like camels? Is it possible that your reserves are becoming more and more depleted and you don't even realize it? Because the things that you're chasing to fix tired are actually depleting, not replenishing your reserves. Now, here's the thing. From the conversations that I'm having 
And the fallout that I'm seeing in the lives of people outside the church, in the lives of people in the church. In fact, over the last four weeks, I've watched five pastors just wash out, say, I'm done. I think this is a grave danger for many of us, that we're becoming more and more and more depleted, and we don't even realize it. We're on the verge of collapse spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. And a, part of, and a large part of the reason for the confusion about all of that is we don't think, we don't know what our real problem is. We think we're tired. But you know what? If tired is a problem, some time alone, a nap, a little bit more sleep, man, that should have fixed all of that. But for most of us, our problem is not tired. Our problem is we're empty. We're empty of soul. Now, research is very clear that when our souls are empty and we face challenges and difficulties in life, we are more likely to produce lower quality work or fail altogether, hence quiet quitting. We're just empty. We've got no more to give. And we're more likely to feel this greater sense of frustration about people. And we're more likely to feel no, no sense of fulfillment in our life when we're empty. See, the truth is when we're empty, the brain part or the part of our brain that is in charge of self-control, it experiences a slowdown so that we have less self-control in our life, which means we're more likely to do things that we normally would not do or act or react in ways that we normally would not act or react. And we're even more likely to give in to temptations that we normally would not give in to. Now, here's the thing. You're smart enough to know, because you're human, that you don't need me to tell you about all the research. You felt this. You've lived this. And you're smart enough to know as well that <clears throat> when you're empty and your experiences about relationships are less satisfying, your friendships are tougher, your, your marriages are tougher. Your, your work relationships are more difficult. And what we do when we're empty is we blame our friends. We blame our spouses. We blame our coworker. We blame our fellow students. We blame our teachers. We blame other people in our world. But the problem is not other, other people. The problem is we are empty. And you know what it means when you are empty? It means you have no spiritual or emotional margin, which means you have no shock absorber for life. And when we're honest with ourselves, and we're in that quiet moment that we try to avoid, some of us try to avoid that quietness, that stillness of soul. But when we're honest with ourselves, we know what is causing our feeling of tired, which is really empty, is not something outside of us, but something much deeper in our soul, that feeling of empty. Because after exerting so much strength, stamina, and resilience over the last few years, for, for many of us, the reserves of our soul are almost gone or already gone. So during this series, I invite you to consider a very different approach to life. Jesus offers a different solution, and he offers a plan to refill the emptiness of our soul. 
Now, you might find that hard to believe because as a person who grew up in church, maybe the version of Jesus or the version of Christianity that was presented to you was so different than a version of being able to fill up your soul. I mean, what you've seen or what you've been taught about following Jesus may, may have never felt like anything that replenished your soul. To you, it brought more guilt, shame, and condemnation. You felt like it was more of a burden. But let me just say this. If following Jesus seemed draining, you got the wrong version of following Jesus. Amen. See, Here's how Jesus described it in his own words in the life that he invites you into. It's an invitation to experience a new way of dealing with the load of life, of dealing with the madness of modern life. And let me just go and say, the load of life is never going to go away. The, the madness of modern life around us is never going to go away. But Jesus invites us into this incredible life. Listen to this amazing invitation. If you got your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 11, because we're going to camp out here for about the next four weeks. Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28. Here, here's what Jesus says to us. It's absolutely amazing. Listen. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And let me just make clear about what he means about weary and burdened. This invitation is not to those of you who might be weary and burdened because you only got four or five or six hours of sleep last night because you tried to do a little bit of the world last night and now Jesus is mourning. And so you need a nap and you need clarity from your hangover. But the reality is this, that's not what he's talking about here. No, the weary and unburdened is a deeper kind of life burden. It's the, don't miss this, it's the weariness, the blankness, the numbness of the soul that comes from being empty. It's the heavy weight that comes from living in a place or a pace where we're continually operating at a deficit of our input from Jesus and our output for life, where we're constantly drained, where the battery in our life, our soul is always low, where you're doing your best to bend, not to break in life. And it feels overwhelming because you want to get it right. And when you stop and think about it that way, no wonder we feel weary and burdened. But Jesus says, if that's you, if you're weary, if you're burdened, which is all of us. Notice what he promises to all of us. Here's his promise. Come to me, all, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, for most of us, just hearing that, it's just like, oh, there's this sense of comfort. In fact, the fact that we never have to wonder if Jesus knows or if Jesus cares because he goes, I do, I do know that you need a certain kind of rest. It's a different kind of rest than you think of, but I know that you need rest. His invitation to follow him is a life where your soul is at rest. Don't miss that. It's a life where your soul is at rest. See, Jesus didn't come to create or invite you to an exhausted and an empty life. And the question for many of you, because you've heard this passage before, is how do you get this kind of life? Well, Jesus begins to show us the path. And over the next few weeks, he's going to reveal to us the pace 
I want us to notice the path this morning and maybe even introduce us a little bit to the pace. Notice this in verse 29. Here's what he says. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, the thing thing you got to understand about learning is learning is a lifelong process. If you're taking notes in your Bible, write lifelong process. You can't show up for one Sunday out of 52 Sundays and think you've learned it. You can't have like a small group or a Bible study once or twice a year and think that you've learned it. This is a lifelong thing. He says, no, I want you to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. See, this line right here is key for this line right here, the last line to be fulfilled. I have to take the yoke and learn from Jesus in order to find rest for my soul. Now, one other thing that's very interesting about this passage, in fact, when I taught this to our staff some months ago, I oftentimes use them as guinea pigs on sermons that I'm going to use for you. So, um, and then I make them better from their feedback, right? Um, so, when I, when I taught them this some months ago, I said, you know, what's really interesting about this is this is the only time in Scripture that Jesus describes what his heart is like. Jesus says the character and the content, the nature of my heart is gentle and humble. And I really pray that that brings comfort to many of you because it's just this beautiful reminder that Jesus' deep love for us is patient and long-suffering and kind and understanding. It's not easily frustrated, but that's not the image many of you have about Jesus. You have this angry Jesus mindset. See, that's his heart. It's gentle and humble toward us. And that's important to know. Otherwise, his invitation to take his yoke upon you and learn from him could feel like another burden in life. Now, if you grew up in church as I did, you most likely heard this term yoke described as this farming tool used to put two animals together to carry the weight, to pull the burden. And and that is part of what this means in this context. But in this context, Jesus, when he talks about take my yoke, he's also referring to a rabbi's yoke. See, a rabbi was a teacher of the law back then. He, He was... A rabbi's yoke was simply their way of saying, here's how life should be done. Here's my approach to living. So if you got invited to follow a rabbi, you followed in the dust or the shadow of a rabbi, and you learned their approach and way to life as they taught you through the law. It was how they taught people to shoulder the load of life through the understanding and applying the law. Now, The yoke of the law, if you really stop and think about it, it was a very heavy burden. The yoke of a rabbi's teaching in that day taught people how to shoulder the load of the life through the Torah or the law, which would be the first five books of the Old Testament. And that would have been very heavy or difficult because there's 614 commands or laws in the Torah. So that would have been very heavy to take that yoke on them, the yoke of a a rabbi. But Jesus comes along and he says, hey, this is a radical statement that he makes that day. He says, if you'll take my approach to life, if you'll learn from me the rhythms of life, if you will imitate how I live, he says, you'll find the thing that you need to take your life back. Notice what he says. He says, you will find rest for your life souls. 
Rather than a burden that feels too heavy to bear, rather than feeling like you can never quite measure up, rather than trying to find meaning in the madness of modern life, Jesus says to you as well, hey, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Become a lifelong student of Jesus. And he says, then you as well will find rest for your souls. So here's my question for you. When's the last time you felt rest in your soul? When's the last time your soul felt at rest? There was no anxiety. There was no worry. There was no frustration. There were no stories of past things going on, unresolved issues. When's the last time your soul felt at rest? See, Jesus is saying, you can't take your life back. Life can't be good again. Don't miss this. Until your soul is at rest. And when your soul is at rest, your reserves are full. And that's what Jesus promises you. A path and a pace that leads to a rested soul. And then he adds, hey, don't worry about this yoke being overwhelming and heavy. Notice what he says in verse 30. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I want to say something before I go into this statement a little bit more. Jesus doesn't say, if you follow me, life is going to be easy. Let me just go ahead and say something very clearly right now. An easy life is not an option. You might want to write these three words down and never forget them. Life is hard. It will always be hard. Life will always deplete your reserves and drain your soul. There will never be a season of your life where life will not be hard. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. So an easy life is not an option. But Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the question is, why is it easy and light? And here's why, and you might want to write this down because this becomes a foundation for all we're going to talk about for the next few weeks, and that is this. Jesus' yoke is Jesus' path and teaching for how to let go of our burdens and live free, easy, and light in the madness of this modern world around us. Now, to help illustrate this, I've asked Trevor to come out and help me, but as he's walking out, let me help you understand what we mean by burdens, because there's two kinds of burdens. See, there are the daily pressures of life, that's one kind of burdens, but then there's another kind of burden, which is a burden many of us carry, and that is the burden of the unresolved past, present, and future stories that we carry. See, daily burdens are the good things of life, things like finances, family, career, you know, friends. There are also the unresolved past, present, and future stories that we carry. Things like past hurt, all of these things like past hurt, grudges, guilt, anger, expectations of myself, expectations of others, bad habits, worries, fear, anxiety, like unhealthy thoughts, unhealthy emotions, bad habits. Now, Jesus' invitation is for us to walk with him. He says, hey, I just want you to come over here and I want you to walk with me. And I'm gonna 
teach you. You'll learn from me how to deal with the daily pressures and the unresolved stories from past, present, and even future. See, to learn his way, to learn his rhythm in dealing with every area of life and every life issue. Don't miss this. Jesus is inviting us to allow him to bear the weight of all the load that must, most of us are carrying every day of our life. Because see, when you yoke up with Jesus, he's gonna carry the weight if you learn his way. And here's the thing, this is key, and you surrender everything and everyone to him. But you've gotta surrender it all, or he can't carry it. So what Jesus is saying is, listen, you give me all of this, You give me the daily burdens and you give me the unresolved stories. Give it all to me. If you don't give it all, you will not find rest for your soul. So here's what Jesus says about all these unresolved stories. He says, this makes me tired just thinking about all the unresolved stories many of you have. Um, Right, here's what he says. He says, just give them all to me. And then as we walk together daily, here's what he's saying I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you healing for your heart and you're gonna find rest for your soul. In other words, he says, all of these these anger things that you're carrying with you, he says, just give them to me. Let me handle that. Let me take care of that. Oh, all these unhealthy emotions that you keep having on, let me handle that. If you let me handle that, you let me teach you how to handle these things. You'll find healing for your heart and rest for your soul. And then he goes, oh, all those worries you have, same thing, let me handle that and you will find healing for your heart and rest for your soul. Unhealthy thoughts, let me teach you my rhythm of life, he says. Let me tell you how you need to think and how you need to process things and you'll find healing for your heart and rest for your soul. All that anxiety, he says, hand that to me as well. And if you'll do that, then you'll find healing for your heart and rest for your soul. All that hurt that you're carrying with you, all that church hate you got, all that neighborhood association hate that you got, all that school teacher hate that you got, all that coworker hate that you got. He says, all that hurt that you got because he said, give it to me and you will find rest for your soul and healing for your heart. See, if you haven't found rest for your soul and healing for your heart in an area, it's because you haven't given it to Jesus. All that shame, all that, well, I can't get that one off. All those fears, all those bad habits, you know what he's saying? Hey, just, just come walk with me every day, every moment of every day. And if you do, you're gonna find healing for your heart. I wanna show you how to heal your heart and how you have find rest for your soul. All those expectations that you have of others, all those expectations that you have of yourself, he says, man, just, just give that to me. And if you do, I'll teach you how to heal your heart, find healing for that heart, and have rest for your soul. All those grudges, all that guilt, just give it to me. I'll handle all of that. I'll hand it all. And and you never have to go back and pick them up again. And he says, just let me carry that. Let me carry that. And by the way, the next time you're tempted to go back and pick up one of those unresolved stories, 
just give it to me. And I will help you find healing for that part of your heart and rest for your soul. See, that's what Jesus says. Now, some of you go, yeah, but what about the daily burdens? I mean, I'm a responsible person. What's my responsibility? Well, Jesus is gonna come along and go, hey, let me carry all these as well. Let, let me just carry your finances. Let me handle that. Let me just handle all the career issues for you. Let me handle all the friendship things. <clears throat> let me handle all the family stuff because those are all good. Let, let me just carry them all. And here's what Jesus will say, because from this day forward, what I'm gonna do is, I'm not gonna give you an ill-fitting yoke to carry anymore, but I'm gonna give you a yoke that you can carry. And what's gonna happen is every day in your finances, whatever you need to carry for that day, I know you got a lot of financial stuff that you gotta deal with, but I'll just give you what you need for today. You just live in my grace today. And if you do, you'll find rest for your soul. And you go, yeah, but what about my career? I understand it. <laughs> you got a lot of irons in the fire. So, um, and I know there's a lot of things, but you know what? I'll just give you what you need to carry today and I'll take care of the rest of it. You just let me carry all of these things. I'll just handle that. And you go, yeah, but what about my friends? I mean, I got some extra grace required friends. Um, so there's a lot of issue, you know what I mean? Well, let me handle that as well. And I'll just give you what you need for today. How about that? You just carry what you need for today. Just grace for the day, right? That's living my grace today. Okay, family. Yeah, we got some real drama. Y'all the ones that put fun in dysfunction, right? Anyhow, <clears throat> and I know there's a lot of stuff there, but here. You need both. No, just, it's just that for today. That's all you need for today. Live in my grace today. And, and by the way, I'm not going to let these out of my sight. I got them. You just let me carry them. And you take care of what you need today. Right? See, what Jesus is saying to all of us today is this. From this day forward, I will give you the part of the load that you need to carry. And I will carry the full load all the time. And I'll just give you the part that you need to carry each day. That's why Jesus said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if you missed last Sunday's sermon of grace for today, you need to go back and listen to make this even make more sense. So if you wanna take your life back, here's what you must understand. Can everybody give Trevor a hand? Thank you so much for being here. If you want to take your life back, here's what you need to understand. You may want to write this down. You will never be able to take your life back until Jesus's way of life becomes the unforced rhythm of your life. The unforced rhythm of your life. That means you have to walk with Jesus moment by moment, day by day to learn his way and his rhythm. In other words, this isn't another trip. This isn't more me time. You, you don't solve life's issues by self-care at the spa or another weekend getaway to some kind of entertainment or something that you think is gonna bring you some kind of rest. See, all of those things might fix tiredness, but they never fix empty. 
Jesus offers a different kind of life, a better kind of life, a purposeful, meaningful, and enjoyable way of life because your soul can be rested and your soul can be full. So how do you do that? He says, simple. He says, I want you to learn from me. Or another way to say that is he says, I want you to follow me. See, when he says, I want you to learn from me, this is his simple invitation. Follow me. Don't just believe in me. Don't just believe that I exist or pray some prayer one time and, and say, I'm giving you my heart. And then I don't give him anything. Because see, you haven't given him his heart. Your heart, if you haven't given him all of this and all of this. Some of you said, I'm giving you all my heart, and you gave him nothing. You just wanted fire insurance from hell. But Jesus is inviting you to adopt a lifestyle, to order your entire life around his way of life until it becomes, don't miss this, it becomes the unforced rhythm of your life. I love the, how the message paraphrase describes following Jesus. Here's what Eugene Peterson says. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. He doesn't say get away. He says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. You want to get your life back? You got to get away with Jesus. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't miss that line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Don't you just love this line? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. See, that's what it means to follow Jesus. See, some of you, you've never experienced the unforced rhythm of grace. What you've got is angry grace, bitter grace, resentful grace. And you go, what do you mean? Guilt grace? Well, I'll forgive them because I got to, because I won't be in good with God if I don't forgive them. Oh, I'll do the right thing because I've got to because I won't be, you know, God won't bless me. I, that's not the unforced. No, you know what the unforced rhythm of grace is? Is somebody offends me, somebody wrongs me, and I go, oh, man, I've been forgiven. I've lived in such grace. How can I not give grace? See, when you struggle to forgive, when you struggle to let go of a grudge, when you struggle, and we're gonna be talking about these things over the next, it's because you are living in a forced grace in your mind. And there's no such thing as forced grace. Grace is the unforced rhythm that God bestowed upon us and he wants to teach us how to do that. So throughout this whole series and throughout this year, our goal is help you to discover how to live in the unforced rhythms of grace. See, as Christ followers, we should be the most forgiving. We should be the least grudge holding. We, we should have no gossip, no backbiting, no bitterness because we are living in the unforced rhythm of grace. How to follow Jesus. We're gonna talk about how do I follow Jesus and how do I learn to find rest for my soul? But to get us started, here's what it takes to learn from Jesus, to follow Jesus. First thing you gotta do is you gotta be with Jesus. You gotta spend time with him to know him and to understand him. You at least need to read the red print in your Bible. And you need to know it. 
And if you don't have these consistent pause moments with Jesus in the morning, the evening, I would encourage you to go to engage, especially next Sunday, because in step two, which is next Sunday, we teach you how to be with Jesus. Because being with Jesus is essential if you're gonna live this rest-filled soul. It's why Jesus said, come to me, learn from me. And as you're being with Jesus, then you need to become like Jesus because the more you're with him, the more you're gonna think like him, the more you're gonna value what he values. And listen, until we have the heart and the mind of Jesus, gentle and humble. See, that's how you know you've been with Jesus as you go through your day gentle toward everyone and with a humble spirit toward everything until you have the heart and mind of Jesus, gentle and humble, you will continue to be overwhelmed with the madness of modern life. And then I need to do what Jesus would do if he were you out of an unforced rhythm of grace. See, for too many of us, it's all been forced. You know, I forced myself to do it because that's what I have to do as a Christian. No, no, no. I need to start being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus till I start living like Jesus as he would if he were in my shoes, not forcing it, but of being with him. Therefore, I become like him and I do what he would do. So I need to learn what it would look like if Jesus lived my life in 2023 and do what Jesus would do. So starting next week, we're gonna unpack the different facets of our life and how do we live them like Jesus would live them with an unforced rhythm of grace. And we're gonna embark on a journey to get to know him so well that we're gonna begin to learn what these unforced rhythms like. And then as you start spending time with him on a daily basis in the morning and the evening, and some of you go, in the morning and the evening, I got need to do both. I say you need to do morning, midday, and evening. You, you, got, you gotta be in the world, but not of the world. And let me just go and say, as hard as this kind of change can be, this learning these new rhythms for life, you know this. If you keep continuing to do what everybody else does, you're going to get the life that everybody else got. It may look good in their highlight reels, but it's not good. And what Jesus, please hear me, what Jesus offers us is not an escape from the crushing weight of life. He never offered that. What Jesus came to offer is a new way of life, a way that can handle the weight of life by yoking up with him and letting him do all the heavy lifting as we learn to surrender ourselves fully to him. And I'm gonna say, surrender is the key. You cannot be yoked with Jesus if you don't surrender because until I give all of this and all of this to Jesus, he doesn't have my heart. And I can never learn the unforced rhythms of grace as long as I'm trying to manage this and this. So imagine, imagine if you were at peace with God. Imagine if you were at peace with others. Imagine if you were at peace with yourself and you weren't walking around every day feeling guilt, shame, and like a fraud. I mean, imagine if you woke up and you lived every day with this incredible sense of purpose that you're, you just have this real purpose because you're yoked up with Jesus and And you're part of something much bigger than your own life. I mean, imagine if you lived every day at pace or at a pace that didn't empty your soul because you were filling your soul more than you were emptying it. 
Well, here's what Jesus is saying. You can experience that when you center your life around me, but you can only do that when you center your life around me. Because remember what Jesus' disciples did then when they started following him? They gave up everything else to follow Jesus, which means Many of you are going to have to turn off the TV this year. You're going to have to put away social media this year. You're going to have to quit listening to some of the music that's been distracting you from Jesus this year. You're going to have to figure out how to center your life around Jesus. So here's the thing. If you're willing to open yourself to the possibility that there's a better way than what you're currently living, if you're, if you're willing to explore just what it might look like for the rhythms of life to be in sync with Jesus, he invites you to follow. I'm just telling you, if that interests you, man, this series is for you because it's gonna help you get your life back. Not, not the life you had before COVID, but the life Jesus died on the cross for you to experience. So as we close today, would you take your first step to accept Jesus' invitation to learn this new rhythm of life, his rhythm, the unforced rhythms of grace. Will you say to Jesus, Jesus, today, I choose to follow and I choose to learn from you. I choose to take your yoke upon me and learn. And I'm giving all those unresolved stories and I'm giving all of my daily burdens to you. Today, I'm truly giving you my heart. I surrender everything and everyone to you. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we need this so desperately and you know it more than we even know it. So I ask that right now, as we speak this as a declaration to you, that your Holy Spirit's power will remind us, enable us, and strengthen us through this week. May we encourage each other, because that's what the body of Christ is about, as we live leaning in and learning from you. But here's our declaration today to you, Jesus. Jesus, I, I give everything and I give everyone, I surrender all. Here is my heart, here is my life. And I understand that in doing this, it's not gonna take away the hard part of life, but it is gonna teach me how to live freely and lightly as I learn how to live in the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus, thank you for your incredible love that you reminded us, hey, I'm gentle and humble of heart. So come to me. Learn from me and you'll find rest for your soul. God, that's what we want desperately. And together as the body, we're gonna learn it. And for those who are not part of being what it means to follow Jesus, we're gonna help them understand it better even as well. God, our prayer is the one engaging in us too. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Everyone, have a great week. See you next week as we uh, learn to live in these unforced rhythms of grace. Have a great week.